what's out there. That's why I'm a girl. Hi, and welcome back to Wild Dream, where we give you the freshest takes on the latest movies. My name is David. My name's still Daniel. Oh, and my name's Daniel. (laughs) Starting off high. Starting off high. Guys, we have such a special guest. You know, the completion of the full trio. It is the final member of the 3Ds, as we used to call ourselves. It is our sister, Danielle. Welcome to the podcast, Danielle. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. All right. So Danielle is not only, you know, our sister, but one of the biggest fans of the show. She is, you know, one of our rocks. I mean, Danielle, like, I I know it's going to be hard for you, but just tell us, what's your favorite episode of Wild Dream? But from what time period? She's like, probably because it's just so hard just, for you to think. She's about. like, I like the Wild Dream episode. <laughs> <laughs> I loved you in. I loved you in. In. <laughs> IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, Danielle, welcome to the show. We're really happy to have you here. And we got the whole family together to watch the movie that I think is more about family than any other movie ever made, except for the movie that is referenced directly in this movie. And that is <laughs> Shazam! Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Fury of the Gods. Fury of the Gods. I've been calling this Shazam 2 this whole week, and I... <laughs> Didn't even know I had a tag. I'm like, dude, yeah. same, yeah. same. Um, because they have such oops. an opportunity to make the Z look like a two. True. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, man. Someone needs to hire me, hire me, hire me. You need to hire a graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. We'll fuck off then. Yeah, see you later, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for hitting that drop for me, Daniel. Uh, but no, we did go see Shazam, or Shatuam, as it should have been called. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods. Now, we actually really liked the first Shazam movie. I remember Daniel, like, you know, because you know how Daniel feels about superhero movies. He has not made any efforts to <laughs> to hide his feelings or to, you know, spare yours. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. But yeah. Really? But Dan, really you liked Shazam 1. Yeah, I, I was very pleasantly surprised by that movie. It was so fun. The humor landed throughout the whole movie. And it does have, um, I do enjoy the kind of foster care, uh, you know, find a family type of undercurrent theme in it. It was sweet enough to like actually be endearing without overbearing. Like it just it wasn't cheesy, I guess. Um, but yeah, I was just so surprised by how funny that movie was. That's my, I mean, my biggest um, thing about it is just how funny it was throughout. It seemed like a superhero movie that didn't take itself seriously um, like some other ones that do um, because it is ultimately really silly. The whole concept of superheroes is very silly. Um, I think uh, the theme, you know, uh, of superhero movies is you can look at it in a serious way, um, but as superhero movies, a man wearing a cape is fucking stupid. Like, it's just stupid. Mm, right. And so I like that they point that out, and they're very self-referential in that movie. And I think that the director of these movies is a very talented director, and it uh, it shows in many different ways. 
the first movie really did feel refreshing, like in terms of being a superhero movie, because obviously you have like uh, you Endgame came out the same year as that movie. And it's like, you know, talk about a, a movie taking itself seriously. Like, of course, Endgame had a ton of like fan service and stuff like that. But, you know, it was the the end of this like 17 year, you know, built saga thing Whereas Shazam came in. and It's like a fresh face superhero. And a lot of superhero fans were like, are we ready for a new character in a in a expanded universe of, a, you know, what I'm saying? it's like, yeah, you know, like, how do we how do we compartmentalize that? Whatever. So, like. You know, I really thought that the first one, I was like, okay, this one did a lot of really good things. But at the same time, it also did a lot of stuff that I didn't like because it didn't more closely follow, uh, like, what you expect from superhero movies. And I have a similar complaint for this movie. And the same complaint I had about the first one. I feel like the main character, the main superhero in this movie like actually fights a bad guy for like 12 seconds in the entire two hours and 30 minutes of this movie. I mean, but he also is a kid. So, I mean, would you want to go around fighting big alien people? I mean, for you, that's like alien, you know, because he, even though they mentioned that they know about Superman and this and that, you know, they're still like, whoa, was this part of the job? I did not know. I thought I was just going to be fighting like the muggers on the street. I mean, I'm I'm built different, so I, I, I would have <laughs> so no fight issue. Everyone, if, yeah. If I was invulnerable and had lightning powers, I definitely would be not that worried about uh, fighting people. But like, I'd be scared if you know, seventeen, eighteen year old me got powers because I was. I was an angsty little, <laughs> I was an angsty little fucker. Hey, that's why. That's why the wizard had to choose the right guy. Um, but no, I, mean, I, I guess like, thank God, uh, Billy doesn't listen to Odd Future. <laughs> that would have been me. That was Wait, me, are you man. talking about the same group that said uh, "kill people, burn shit, fuck school"? Yeah. When we, and we were listening to that at like twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I was drawing like upside down crosses on all my notebooks, not even knowing what it meant. I just feel like, we, like when you go to go see a superhero movie. You know, part of the expectation for that is you're going to get to see that superhero like fight people, you know, use his powers and for what his powers were given to him for, which is to, you know, fight crime or to do whatever it is. And like, yeah, like I said, like I just felt like like this movie was like that aspect of the movie was such an afterthought, which I think made it a better movie, but not a better superhero movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I could see that. There was there was not a whole lot of combat in this movie. Um, even when he did use his powers, it was usually just lightning bolt. <laughs> um, yeah. And so and never like at someone. It's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I totally understand that complaint, and like I do think that. I mean, I, we always talk like we talked about Black Panther and how kind of embarrassing the choreography was, the fight choreography, and it's like obviously that means that we that I like. The idea of fighting, but just if it was coordinated better and looked more badass and looked cool and natural or whatever. Um, but uh, since it's not in, since there's none in here, it didn't look bad because there was none to look bad. You know what I'm saying? So like, it, yeah. you kind of, it's a weird gray situation. But um, but then it also makes the heroes feel like useless. They're like, oh, we have all these these superpowers, and then even like when they are actually in a fight, they're just like, grab that person. Yeah, I'm like, no, yeah. punch through their fucking head. Like, what are you, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. well, I don't know. I guess I like did, I sorry, also feel like I kind of expected because you know the first movie was like okay that that made sense because like it's new, it's new to him. He's you know they're like okay it's a kid so you know he doesn't know anything and got no information and he's just 
trying to figure it out. But you would think that the, I guess I just assume the second one would pick off of like, oh, they've been fighting. They learned all of their powers that they have and like using them and like they work together better and I have a whole, you know, yeah, cohesion. I don't remember if they even said how old they were. Was he like 15 in the first movie, I think? So it had to have been like at least like two or three years since that one, which doesn't make sense. Because he's about to turn 18. Because he's about to turn 18. So if it's like okay. three years, this the, the their actions do not feel like they've been fighting crime on a That's semi-daily right. That's basis for three years. And nothing years. else more serious came about than you know, people on the streets like trying to... Yeah, damn, really. Got someone lucky, bro. in three years. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that, at least that backs up, like, because what I was gonna say is like, because I was confused about how long it had been. And I was like, well, it seems like they don't really have anything figured out. It's still new, but also like they have a layer that looks like it's been really worked on, and like, yeah, you know, it would take a lot of. I don't know, um, whatever. But yeah, I think uh, as a whole. Um, and I am a hole. <laughs> Stop. What would you say as a half? <laughs> as a half. As a, so think, you were the other. I was thinking like H O L E. I am a hole. <laughs> and you were thinking, uh, yeah. All right. Layered um, guys. Runs in the family. What can what can we say? What can we say? No, uh, uh, I do think that this movie was uh, fun. It didn't hit the same as the first one, and uh, that's. Kind of to be expected. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, very expected. That's a sequel. Um, uh, shout out to Raid 2. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. How many times can Don't we give even. that? Uh, no, I'm saying, like, can we? Yeah. Oh, uh, shout out to them. Shout yeah, out yeah. to the Raid 2 for stand, standing above that. So, yeah, the, we've, we've got our, uh, <laughs> our, our required yeah. mention of the Raid 2 during an action movie review. Exactly. Um, so, the Raid 2, the greatest action movie ever made, is better than the Raid 1. How do you do that? Well, you make better movies, guys. All right. So, moving yeah. on. Uh, but, <laughs> moving on. But it was really fun. It had the same whimsical, fun. Uh, Almost like immature humor, you know, mm-hmm. that the first one has that really clicks with me. It just I thought does. the humor what? immature humor clicks with you. No I know. freaking way. I know. <laughs> I did think the humor in this one was like that. That part was not disappointing. That that like because that's one of the things that when you look at the MCU that they have completely failed on. Like they like the like having. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy one that was like decently funny and people were like really enjoyed that movie. And then everyone hated Guardians of the Galaxy two because and partially because they were just trying to make a joke every single minute of the entire fucking movie. And the characters were never serious for a single moment. And then it was even worse in in Thor uh, in Thor. Love and Thunder. So like Thor Ragnarok was more comedic and that one had a lot of jokes that landed that people really liked. We're like, okay, yeah, we're doing like, we're doing good right now. Right. And they'll yeah, this is what people want. And then in Thor Love and Thunder, it was just like, and, and people told me that before I went to go see it. And I was like, there's no way it's as, and it was worse than what people said. I was like, oh my God, they literally do not have a single, like you cannot go a, a sentence uh, you know, two sentences in a row where one of them's not a joke, like, you know, or trying to be a joke or trying to be funny or whatever. Um, it was just terrible. So like, I was nervous about that happening in this one. I was like, I really liked the humor in Shazam one. I thought they nailed it a lot of times. I think the joke about them not being able to hear each other while they're floating in the air was one of the best jokes I've ever seen in in an action Mm -hmm. movie. Yeah, I I love that joke. So happy to see that in this kind of a movie and not like a a satire, you know, or something. And so, yeah. And and then this one, I think the humor was the best part of this movie. I mean, I definitely like it. I mean, I think that's what I like about because I mean, this one's like DC, right? 
Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's what I like about <laughs> yes. the DC ones, which I know that you guys didn't really care for that other movie that I can't remember the name yeah, of. Batman right vs. Superman, uh, The Justice League. Black Adam. Black Adam. Dang, uh, I need to get on my DC stuff. <laughs> uh, well, the one with like uh, Harley Quinn and all that. Suicide Squad. Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I that liked was just it. us who didn't like that. Me and Daniel specifically. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. Anyways, I've I liked it. it. I've seen that movie. Um, but yeah, the DC ones are definitely, I think, more humor and I, I think almost more realistic of like somebody getting powers and stuff oh, than like what are we, Marvel. Some kind of Shazam. <laughs> when you say Suicide Squad, do you mean the newest one or the original one? Original. Okay. Oh well, the newest one heard, wasn't that bad. I heard good things about the newest one. The Suicide Squad. The as Su- it's, as oh. it's known. That's the. Uh, that's literally what it's called. It's called yeah. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's uh, nice. Nice marketing. Um, change it up. They're definitely not admitting just by that title that the first one was so dog shit <laughs> they had to start over entirely with that right. storyline. Part of the reason why I expected more violence in this movie was because of Black Adam, where you know it's a very similar character and it's somewhat tied to Shazam in certain ways. Um, I'm obviously I'm not as well versed in the DC universe as I am with Marvel, but um, you know that that character when his movie came out, like, you know, with the rock and everything, that movie was, uh, way more violent. That movie was like mostly fighting and just like, you know what I'm saying? So it was just interesting that they brought that movie out and they brought out some even, like even more well-known Marvel heroes and characters. And then this movie is just almost its own thing entirely that like, I was just expecting this to finally get pushed into that universe. And it didn't as much as I thought it would, which I actually think probably made the movie a little bit better. So that's the last thing I want to say before spoiler free talk. Anything you guys got? But yeah, I kind of got a little bit off topic, but that's kind of like what I was going to say. What I like about both of the movies is that it was a little bit more lighthearted than like some of the DC, but also not as serious as the Marvel. So it's kind of a cool thing of its own. That's true, too. I think the DC with the Snyder cuts and the new Batman, like they're going for this dark gritty you know whatever tone trying to capture what the dark knight did actually. yeah kind and of. i think that this one it's like it's instead of hopping on a trend and i haven't seen the batman yet yet um so i don't i'm not trying to like rate that movie's quality at all but i'm saying that uh, it is a trend and you can hop on that trend or not um, um i like the fact that shazam goes complete opposite direction and goes this very bright colorful whimsical silly like you know thing Danielle, start us out with a good spoiler alert. 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 Shazam! Fury of the Gods is about the film continuing the story of teenage Billy Batson, who, upon reciting the magic word Shazam, is transformed into his adult superhero alter ego, Shazam. That is the only uh, synopsis they have on on IMDb. It doesn't really go into anything at all. Just continuation of the first one. (laughs) That that, that felt like a... Like the joke of like the kid trying to make his essay longer. He's like, this movie was the second movie to the first movie, which was about (laughs) this character existing in this universe. And now in this universe, this character will continue to exist as a continuation of that first movie. In this essay, I will talk about. (laughs) I will discuss many of the topics surrounding this topic and other things like this. 
<laughs> this movie reminded me of my life because I also have superpowers. Maybe I need to hire y'all to do my essays. <laughs> <laughs> this movie starts out with a scene that's basically the exact same scene as the introduction to Killmonger in The Black Panther, where you have somebody in a museum showing off an ancient artifact, and you're like, oh, that ancient artifact probably belongs to the bad guy. And then these two people walk up with their with with Trojan costumes on and the guy's like you guys look festive anyways and then like whatever and then he calls them sir 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 guys men <laughs> male individuals <laughs> people who are men <laughs> sirs multiple sirs both of you men <laughs> You can't do that. And then they take their helmets off and they're fucking women. What the fuck? What? The two chicks from the trailer. The two chicks from the trailer <laughs> we knew were the bad guys the whole fucking time are the guys in the scene doing this thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, basically the introduction of this movie is immediately tying to the first one where they have the staff that was broken in the first movie. Um, that, you know, the bad guy uses to control all of the powers that he has. And it's also the thing that the wizard used to give the powers to the main hero and the thing that the main hero used to give the powers to his, you know, whatever. So it's a major part of this series and it's a major part of this movie as well. Give the powers. His whatever. His siblings, David. His what? His <laughs> David doesn't give a shit. His useless piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, Dave introduces me to people as his podcast co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the staff is a big part of this movie again. And, you know, his siblings and his family are a big part of this movie again. And so, like, you know, we introduce the bad guys and they are, like, extremely powerful. And, of course, later in the movie, they do the tropes of every superhero, which we've complained about, I think, several movies in a row in which it's a good guy versus a bad guy type of movie because it always feels like the bad guy just like is extremely powerful at some times and then nerfed entirely at other times. And so yeah. this, this movie is definitely uh, a victim of that. But I do like this, like where they're putting uh, Billy in this movie, where his introduction to his character is him talking about his like imposter syndrome, which I think is something that a lot of people in general are, you know, feel. And, and like, it's one of those like buzzwords now where everybody has imposter syndrome all the time. There's like, just like, you know, the way that people have like, you know, use the word triggered and, and words like that. It's like, you know, it, yeah, it's just one of these things that people just found out about the name of this. And now everyone's like, Oh dude, I have that all the time. And it's like, okay, whatever. But this is where we're putting this character. And, and for his character, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because he is a kid who was given superpowers and he feels an extra responsibility to be a really good superhero. And because he got his powers first before his siblings, he feels as though he is supposed to be the leader of this like superhero team of him and his siblings. Um, I did like, I did like the, uh, the therapist, not therapist, pediatrician scene. Um, <laughs> I like the pediatrician scene because it, it's it's a good excuse to recap what happened in the first movie. I was very True. appreciative. And it has been a long time. Yeah, I was appreciative of that because I was like, oh, it's been a while. I forget about that. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, also, a cool little Easter egg in this scene where they pan to the right and you see a little kid's uh, section of his office and there's the Annabelle doll. Yeah. Um, which is uh, David Sandberg directed Annabelle creation. So, and, but the only thing which that, I actually really, uh, not really liked but uh, for horror movies pretty good. The only issue I had with the scene is that the majority of it was in the trailer. 
and all the jokes That's in the true. scene were in the trailer too. But yeah. like, so I That's actually why like, you shouldn't watch the trailers, David. Like, we try not to yeah. go I mean, in blind. When you go to a movie theater to watch a movie <laughs> every single week, you end up seeing some trailers. Yeah, from time to time, unfortunately. So. Touche. Um, but yeah, this one was, uh, you know, this scene I thought was good. You know, I, I do agree with what you were saying, like the way that they put it together. Most of the exposition in this movie is absolute dog shit. Just fucking god awful. You piece of dog hey, shit! No, You're hey, fucking dog shit! And so, like, this scene is, you know, it's a little bit better than the rest of it, but but it was fine. But I do like, like, where they're putting this character in this movie because, you know, it, it is something that's important. Like, it is, it's important for a main character in a movie to have emotions and feelings and thoughts and not just be someone who fist fights people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that I like that they did something more with this character than just making him a brute. And so this I think this part of it was a good way to make the second movie worth, you know, investing in. If that makes sense. And plus he is the chosen one, so we had to figure out why. Why is he so it was like pure at heart or whatever. Why is he so pure at heart? That's true, yeah. You don't un- really understand why he was... Yeah, I get yeah. that. Because, I, like, like, I think that's easy to connect to, too, uh, as, as well. I mean, I, even like in The Matrix, like there's a little bit of um, like, why me? Like that, you putting yourself in those shoes, it, it is an actual burden that you are not seeking something that you now have. Yeah, yeah um, I, and Peter I'm a, Parker does that too a lot in uh, Spider. I mean, I've I, I mean when I say Spider Man, I'm talking about like 2003 Tobey Maguire. You haven't but watched those Spider Man movies? I gave you the Blu-ray not yet, copies. Not yet. Uh, we're, you I'm have moving, to moving watch tomorrow. them all down um, so that last one makes sense. Yeah, uh, but no, I gave like, just the first two, and I said if you like these, then I'll give you the third one. Yeah, I don't know. I just like I like that uh, theme of like I didn't ask for this, but at the same time, like I now have this and uh i you know struggling with like in like in those early spider-man movies it's like oh cool he gets to fight a bully and it's in slow motion and he kicks his ass it's like that's what i would want but then it's like oh wait there's people that are actually like in danger of dying and i could help them it's like yeah, damn and now I, I have to you know it's like that's, that's, I, a lot. that's a lot i'm a sucker for i'm glad daniel brought that up too because that is a big a big theme in this movie is, is you know this idea of this chosen one and like the way that he feels about it and like you know, I'm a sucker for chosen one stories. I loved like some of my favorite, you know, projects or movies or whatever ever have been chosen one stories. You know, when I think about them, like obviously the matrix is one of them and you have the famous line. And and when he goes to meet the Oracle where she's like, yeah, you're not the chosen one. And he's like, okay, so what do I do now? She goes, you, you walk out of here and you remember that you don't believe in any of this shit anyway. Or she doesn't say shit, but you know what I'm saying? Like, she's like, you don't believe in any of this anyway, and <laughs> you you're going to do whatever. And it's like, that, and that's what he needed to be told. Is he's like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I can just feel any way I want. If I feel like I'm the chosen one, then I am. Uh, but yeah, and then, you know, you also have Avatar The Last Airbender and, like, how all that plays into, you know, that that's a great series about a chosen one. Um, Harry Potter, obviously, like, one of the, you know, biggest chosen one stories ever. Um, and even in that series where he's, like, you know feels like he is and feels like he isn't at certain times and then like there's even a line in that series where you know some girl wants to go uh, to like the dance with him and then Hermione is like she only wants to go to the dance with you because she thinks you're the chosen one he goes but I am the chosen one <laughs> and so it's like <laughs> yeah it's like you know he gets to have that moment you know where you get Slide. to be confident yeah exactly um but then you know uh then you also have, you know, like LeBron James's career and the, it's like the chosen one. Um, but no, it's just like I love LeBron those kinds James. of stories. And I think this one did a good job with that. Like you said, you know, like we're like like he is like like not only is he trying to figure it out, but so are we. We're trying to figure out, OK, at what point do you feel like a chosen one character like these other characters? Because at some point, Neo 
has to stop all the bullets and control the area. At some point, Harry Potter has to defeat Voldemort. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, they Spoiler have to alert, do dude. something. Fuck. Sorry. Yeah, my bad, guys. <laughs> uh, also, you're not supposed to say his name. You can't say Harry Potter. In this movie, you know, that's kind of one of the things that we're waiting for. We're waiting for something to happen that proves that he was worthy of being the one chosen to do this. But the movie starts out with him, you know, us finding out that he had royally fucked up everything by breaking that staff. Um, And the exposition that's given to us in order to tell us why that was so significant is what I was talking about earlier when I said it's absolute dog shit. And you're fucking dog shit. And it's also what Daniel was talking about where the actors start to feel tongue in cheek when they're talking about the mumbo jumbo, because this is very much like the bad guys are like, you know, we're going to go to Earth. And then the wizard's like, you can't go to Earth. I casted a spell that prevented you from being able to go there. And they're like, oh, you mean the spell that you casted that only works if this thing isn't broken? He's like, no, now that you broke that, you're going to be able to do the other stuff. And they're like, that's right. And that's also why we're going to go do this thing, because that is my motivation. (laughs) And that is my motivation, and that is my backstory to why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Yeah, they're literally like, you fucking killed our dad, and you stole our magic, and now we're mad at you, and we're going to take it out on, on Earth. And, they're, and you know, yeah. So that that's, they give all of that just in one big fell swoop of a scene, you know. And it, and then, and then you know, you have this, this, this moment where the wizard is able to give a message to, um, to Billy, in his dreams where he's dreaming about Wonder Woman, you know, inviting him to become part of the, uh, the justice league. And, uh, after this scene, he's like, Oh yeah, there's this, um, you know, the, these, these sisters of Atlas, like that's the name of the bad guys, the sisters of Atlas. And, you know, they're going to be, be coming after us or whatever. That actually would be a good band name. That is a, write that down, write that down, <laughs> write that down, write that down. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, one of the things that happened in this movie, like this movie I felt was so predictable. Um, and part of the reason why I say that is that there is a character in the movie who is the new girl at school and she starts to like, you know, flirt with and talk to one of the siblings of Billy, who's, you know, the one um, who has the crutch and, you know, he's like the sarcastic one and whatever. And, uh, and she, his name is and his name is uh, should be Freddie. I'm pretty sure it's Freddie. Freddie. That's what I was going to say. Is it Freddie? We should really start learning people's names. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. eventually, I mean, not eventually. We remember characters' names on the show. I, mean, I remember That's his right. name was Freddie. We all knew that. <laughs> um, but no, uh, we, this character starts talking to this girl, and uh, he says, "Ugh, my brother's such a control freak." And she goes, "I know. I have a sister just like that." And I was like, "Yeah, she's one of the sisters." Yeah, she's one of the Atlas sisters. She's you, one of the Atlas sisters. Yeah, you had called that immediately, and I like, I was not even. I didn't even pick up on that at all. I'm a little bit annoyed because usually I feel like I'm the one that kind of catches that super early. Like, well, I guess that's more like scary movies and stuff. I'm like, they did it. Um, But then, uh, yeah, I didn't really notice until like before he came around, like when he went around the corner. Well, spoiler alert, but I guess we're in spoiler. But like whenever he goes around the corner, like when they're on the roof and stuff. And then she made that weird face. I was like, oh, she's one of them. She made like yeah. this weird look, and I was like, "Oh, that's the, yeah. that's I was the like, younger sister." To be fair, in the cafeteria scene when they're talking, I was really, I kind of freaked out a little bit, and then I'm still, and like the more I think about it, I'm probably way off. It's just bad warped memory, but in my head, that cafeteria looked so familiar to me, and I was like, "Is that the cafeteria from Even Stevens?" Like I just like 
couldn't stop thinking about it. That'd be awesome if and it was. And I was like, was it was it Boy Meets World? I'm thinking of like there was that cafeteria looks so familiar to me, and it, and I don't know, it drove, me, drove me crazy. Uh, anyways, so I was not you know when Dave, <laughs> that was when Dave was like, she's one of them, and I was just like, what? what? I was uh, looking at the cafeteria architecture. It looks a lot like, <laughs> <laughs> which is normally the other way around, right? right. Yeah, yeah. very true. Yeah. In normal didn't life, didn't even get the rest of the movie just the whole time. Oh the yeah, cafeteria. Yeah, matter of fact, y'all need to take over from here because I don't remember anything after that. Because I, what was that? But Daniel has cafeteria? a lot to talk about in part two about this cafeteria. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, and basically, you know. They're the, the sisters of Atlas or the daughters of Atlas, Atlas, sorry. The sisters are the daughters of Atlas. There's, you know, three of them. And I called one of them like super early on because she looks like a little kid and the other two are super old. But then, you know, it's like it was super predictable to me, at least. And so, you know, we're like, oh, well, who are these characters and why are they whatever? And then one guy is like one of the, the siblings is like, oh, yeah, I have a I saw this thing in the in the layer that, you know, the what was the thing called? Like the, the Rock of Eternity. I don't know some the storm of eternity jumbo, something yeah. like that, um, and so that is like he goes into the school of rock. There, there he, the school of rock. Um, <laughs> that's what it was. That's what it was. That's in 100%. the end of time. <laughs> Men who knew the, the road. Um, and so he like again. This is just part of this bad exposition. He's like, oh yeah, this place, and he goes into this like library that looks exactly like Harry Potter to the degree of which really? Daniel. I don't think it looked anything like Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, my first <laughs> It looked just like the wizarding world. I'm never going to fucking call it that. It's very David, don't get mad. I think that that uh, library labyrinth thing was way better than any of the Harry Potter ones. Why didn't the Harry Potter lab, like, thing have that? Yeah, why didn't that movie that came out almost 20 years ago have as good CGI as we have right now? Oh, they're beefing, they're well, beefing. They came, <laughs> hey, all of the countries are usually ahead of us, so they should have figured that out. I mean, I don't think UK is that far ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> they're maybe marginal, maybe marginally. So this this library, you know, basically looks something straight out of the Harry Potter movies. It literally just looks like a, a library that you would see in Hogwarts because they've got magic books floating around and flying and, you know, organizing themselves. And then they have another very Harry Potter looking thing, which is a quill and, and paper. Magic pen. <laughs> Magic pen. Yes. Don't be so fancy. This is Shazam. Okay. It's a magic pen. <laughs> yeah. It's an inkwell pen, though. So it is a little fancy. All right. It's fancier than just a pen. It's not a big pen. All right. It's, a, it's not like <laughs> and clicking itself. Right? Uh, this is a, a, a quill, a, you know, a, a well ink quill type of pen. Mm. That's magic and it's a well. It's a well ink pen, if you quill. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was an okay pen. <laughs> ink pen. <laughs> I wouldn't say well, but <laughs> all right. Anyway, so it's a well ink pen if you quill. We're <laughs> just pun- punching out my own bad joke. <laughs> uh, and so this pen again serves no purpose other than to just force feed us exposition, which is yeah. It's like, also like, to, like hey, I know it's very convenient, but this pin is actually magic and knows everything that's ever happened. Right. So let's just ask it all the questions, and they're like, hey, we need to know about this thing, and they're like, hey, go get these books. And then within like what an hour, they read these fucking seven thousand page books Ugh. and know everything there is to know about. Literally, I'm saying like me just thinking about like the end of y'all's podcast when y'all go and like look at social media and read this stuff. I'm like. They read that faster than what I'm going to do trying to research that. 
There's like, I know everything and I remember everything that I read. Who remembers everything that they read in all those dang chapters? Uh, the character, oh, characters in movies. Literally, that's Apparently, it. Apparently, yeah. yeah. And connecting them to multiple different books at that. Yeah, they're like, and then in this book, it says this and this and this. And I'm like, also, uh, for some reason, there's an, a perfectly accurate written history of these people that hasn't been distorted over the 6,000 years that they've been alive. It's just completely up-to-date information. I'm like, what the fuck is this, bro? Right. Anyways. The it's pen just, updated. David. It's very deus ex machina level exposition. Like, mm, that, oh. There's a... There's a uh, there's another requirement for the pod. Got to have Dave mentioning Deus Ex Machina. Also, uh, what, what we're not mentioning with the Quill Inkwell pen is what they brought that was good to the movie, and that is comedy. Because yeah. the funniest bit in the movie involves the pen. That is very true. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, and we'll, give yeah. the pen some credit. Hold up, <laughs> I just remember too that yet again we're forgetting a name because he gave the pen a name. The Steve. pen's name is Steve. 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 Yeah. Steve. Steve the pen. Let's go. The crowd goes crazy for Steve. We love Steve. Uh, so yeah, Steve the Pin. Uh, he Steve the Pin is the funniest character in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's also it's just the magic version of Siri. You just ask him. You ask it something, and it's like, here you go. Right. But Which yeah. is funny that they did this instead of googling, because like the whole point <laughs> of it is that Atlas is an actual Greek god. Like you can go and look up about Atlas, and it's like. Okay, the daughters of Atlas in this universe, wouldn't they be able to just Google, hey, daughters of Atlas, question mark? <laughs> hey, that's the thing about all these different types of superhero movies. It's like, it's half realistic and the other half is not realistic at all. Right, right, exactly. And and this is definitely one of those. And so, you know, like, again, we get all the exposition about them and how, you know, all the stuff that we already pretty much learned about them having the magic stolen from them by the wizard and the wizard blocking them out and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then later they have conversations with each other in which they give even this exposition again. So like uh, multiple times, because at this point, what has happened uh, by the time they're learning about the, the daughters and everything is that while they're learning about the sisters, you have Freddie who is meeting this new cute girl at school and he's like trying to talk to her and she kind of actually likes him. And he, you know, he likes her, but you know, she's really inquisitive about how he, you know, got to meet all the superheroes in the last movie. And so he, you know, you can tell the whole time he's like, oh, just, like he just wishes he could just be that superhero all the time. And that's part of, you know, the struggle that he's having. And so I like the, what they did with his character, too, where they have this, you know, like opposite feeling for him where it, 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 he feels more natural as the superhero than he does as himself. You know, like his his imposter syndrome is the reverse where he doesn't feel like him being who he is, is, you know, who he really is. He feels like he's, you know, he, he can be more confident. He can be more of, you know, what he wants to be when he gets to be the superhero. And so, you know, it's like ironic because of, you know, he feels that way. And then he's the first person to have his powers taken away because again, like I said, that girl he's talking to is one of the sisters. And so, you know, she, you know, they're talking to each other. He becomes the superhero to try to impress her or whatever. Um, you know, still pretending that he's just a friend of, of Freddy. And then, you know, her sisters show up and they hit him with the staff and take his powers away. And so it's like you have one character who doesn't feel like he deserves the powers and doesn't feel like he, you know, is, is a rightful hero. And he keeps his powers, spoiler alert, the entire movie. And then this other character who loves being the superhero and wants to be that guy all the time loses his powers like right off the bat. And so you have like the main character now 
doesn't really get to be Billy for the rest of the movie because he has to be in superhero mode all time because he's trying to, you know, get his brother back and protect him because when they go to go get his brother back, the sisters take them away and they put a big fucking giant, you know, uh, dome force field around the city of Philadelphia. And so uh, tell me, yeah, I mean, like, like, tell me what you guys were thinking about, like the cafeteria. Next question. Honestly, probably true. Uh, but no, like, like that, like that. Did that click for you guys the way it did for me? Like, like this concept of these two characters that are both kind of experiencing imposter syndrome, that are then forced to be those characters, and like how their arcs kind of relate to each other. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm uh, just like, do we think that deeply about things like that? Like David does, is the question. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't. Uh, to be fair, like I, I came into this movie expecting to have my brain completely turned off. Um, so, <laughs> so you know what he I mean? did and he just left yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did I mean I definitely noticed like the just visually how well it works to have this person with a physical disablement that when they switch they can fly and they're Adam Brody like <laughs> like right. you know they look badass and but yeah um, yeah I, I saw I liked what that was visually like I definitely was like oh man this is like this is a bummer that he's the one that can't fly around and you know have his powers because he's probably the one who needs him most maybe besides the dodgeball guy <laughs> but another great the, joke at the same time later. though that i think that that is probably why his character had that because he's smarter than the main character than what is his name freaking billy he's smarter than billy I mean, so then for punks. him to end up in the predicament he's in with the wizard and like trying to figure out how to get out of that and all that like he was meant to be in that role because he is yeah, a little bit he, smarter and like he uses his humor pretty well. He so. knows more yeah. about the the like the types of mumbo jumbo than than Billy does. Like he knows more. Like, like that's what Danielle's talking about. Like he knows more about magic and wizards and Greek mythology. And, you know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff that kind of helps him be able to navigate the situation that he's in. Whereas Billy is like, you know, he like that's part of the the character of Billy. Like when they go through like what Shazam means. They like, you know, show all the different Greek gods and what powers were taken from each of them by the wizard. And it spells out Shazam. And, you know, one of the like powers that they got was the the wisdom of Solomon. And so like the like the joke is like, oh, I guess you got I guess you didn't get that one. And so like throughout the movie, it's like he just keeps proving that he's still kind of stupid. But then, of course, this comes what we were talking about earlier, which is the funniest part of the entire movie, uh, which is they find out they find magic paper. That when you write on it, or when you tell Sam to write on it, it'll turn Steve. itself into a Steve. Fuck. If you call him Sam, fuck. Ooh, if you call him Sam again, our best character called him Sam. How dare you? Excuse me for being the most terrible man on the planet. I'm a terrible man. <laughs> okay, Steve. <laughs> the pen. Uh, when you tell Steve the pen to write on this magic paper the paper will fold itself into a bird and fly itself to whatever god you want it to and deliver them the message and so they here's the the, the brilliant brain science <laughs> me thing that they so I'm like I'm a brilliant brain scientist because Billy decides to send a letter to them saying hey let's make a trade you give us our brother back we'll give you something 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 and, and then you know, their plan is that they're going to attack the sisters and then that's how they're going to make the trade happen. So obviously, yes, they send this letter and then what he that really was the funniest thing. The, the funny thing, too, is that because you have to think the, the kids and everything, they're from this planet Earth, you know, like we're just 
very different. And then the girls are like ancient, you know, <laughs> they're like, they yeah. still like talk very anciently and very proper and very, this is a quill. <laughs> not I mean, Helen, Helen Mirren not is ancient. This so. is not your classic big pin that you speak of. <laughs> yeah. This is a quill. So they're over here reading the letter and then... Obviously, she's reading it very seriously, and then it, it kind of goes more like what, Dan? like, I think you would do Yeah, that it's, it's a stream of conscious letter, because it writes everything. Um, hey, we do not have to resort to violence. Man, that was good. That was a really good first line. Okay, like, you know, she's reading all of this aloud. Um, and it's Helen Mirren's voice, yeah, who's so, like a famous yeah. voice, you know. It's literally like So it's a- very like this, especially because it's monotone, because she's reading a letter, and so it just, like, keeps going, and it, it's just super funny, because it has all these points, and then it just di- delves back into, like, obviously them talking to each other through the letter. It's really funny. And then it it's ends- literally like the transcription of so like if you're like in a courtroom or something yes, like yeah. so-and-so says this and then they say this and then they say this so it's like literally everything it's like, It'll be like oh daniel hey. said and then she said blah, blah. so it's just so funny it's like oh that's a great line <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we should not have to do this oh i just thought of that like they literally oh, everything he go, said hey, can you strike that down. from the record and they write defendant can you strike that from <laughs> yeah well it reminds me of the office when he's doing the deposition for jan or whatever and he he had that's what she said and then they're like wait that's what she said and he's like and she's like, no, he's saying, and then she's like, can, I'm sorry, can, transcriber, can you read that back? And he's like, uh, we already knew. Yes, that's what she said. Yes, that's what, so it's like, that's, that humor comes from that, of these like these things you say in passing and then getting it read in a serious tone by someone who's invested. And so, yeah, and, and then it ends like, uh, you know, do, do you want a Gatorade or whatever yeah. it is? And she's from a different realm. So she's like, who what is, is Gatorade? Gatorade? <laughs> you know? What is this Gatorade? <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a really funny scene. Um, I love that scene. Yeah. And I think they do it like one other time, too, like where it, they just do it as a visual gag. Um, right. You know, whatever. And so of the pin writing. Yeah, yeah. of the pin writing. And so this kind of sets up the scene that you see in the trailer where he's talking to Helen Mirren's character. Um, whose name is? You guys remember character's name too. You're also on the podcast, so something with the an old e- lady. Something with <laughs> an E. Izella. Izelba. Zell. The money transferring system. I want to say. I want to say <laughs> Zell. I want to say Zell. The money transferring system. You can want to say that. <laughs> you can want to say Wait, that. So you have Khaleesi. You have uh, Khaleesi. Abby. <laughs> we should really start learning people's names. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Hespera, which is her name. I was not going to remember oh, that. Yeah. I thought it was Espera, which means Espera. hold. So he's talking to Hespera, and you know he he does the whole line about I've watched all the Fast and Furious movies, and it's all about family. And so then they have like this this fight scene it's all about where family. again Dirty. another one of the siblings has their powers taken away from them. Another uh, one. And then, you know, they get into this fight scene. This was probably one of the better fight scenes of the movie um, because you actually, you know, get to see them, you know, punch each other and hit each other (laughs) and shit. But again, it's also one of those things where the character feels like they're not as powerful Mm -hmm. as they've been previously. Right. But of course, they actually, you know, justify this. At least this one is justified. It comes back. So basically during this fight with 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 her, both characters kind of feel like they're like they're pulling their punches. Well, it turns out that they kind of were, right? So Aspera, she has the control of all the elements. So really what she could do is fucking destroy the entire world. She could rip it apart with a, <laughs> yeah. a fucking mind. And he has the power of Zeus. So he could just fucking punch through her goddamn chest and rip her heart out if he wanted to. So neither of them do that in the scene. Um, she kind of hits him a little bit. She He hits her a little bit. The siblings, 
you know, they kind of, you know, are re- there, are there. <laughs> they get immediately like, <laughs> like distraction, distraction, punch, punch, punch. Right. Exactly. Um, but at the end of the scene, what ends up happening is they take her into their layer. And so it's kind of, beca- yeah. it's like, okay, well yeah. now, now <laughs> it makes sense for Shazam and his siblings because they were trying to capture her. They weren't trying to kill her. They weren't trying to actually defeat her. They were trying to capture her so that they can negotiate, you know, getting their brother back. Um, and she turns out one, like their goal is to get this magic seed that will plant this crazy tree. And if they plant it where they live, it'll just restore where they live back to its natural glory or whatever. Um, but if they plant it on earth, it's going to destroy all of earth. They really tell you that word for word (laughs) later in the movie. Um, but she's trying to get this seed, like regardless, like that, that's their main goal is that this was stolen from them. They want it back. Right. She needs to get this seed thing in order to complete their grand mission. <gasps> and so where is the seed, David? The seed is in the lair. <gasps> and conveniently, they can't get into the lair unless, you know, someone from the champions, you know, the Shazam and his siblings, uh, brings her there. So Can I cut you off on something? Huh, someone actually asked if they could cut <laughs> the other person off on someone the spot. Someone doesn't listen to it. <laughs> that is a first. <laughs> Look... <laughs> Uh, and I, I say I no. Like so what we- <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to talk about this a little bit later too, about my opinion of the freaking wizard. But this is where it goes into that because way back when you were talking about he came in his dream or whatever and he popped up, which he didn't really explain this, but it was hilarious because he popped up like just the head on top of a woman, Wonder Woman's body. When he came into that, it cuts off. He didn't fully say, "Don't let her ever, don't ever let her get," and it cuts off. I'm pretty sure what he was going to say is don't let her get into the layer. The layer. And then here it comes. But they never brought it back up at that like, oh, that's what you were trying to say or anything like that. It was just like that, that, is true. that main right thing you that. had to try to remember. And then which as soon as he was saying that, I immediately when it cut off, I was thinking, don't bring her to the layer. So then when they did, I was like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and also, like I said, like it just justifies that fight scene for both of them to be pulling their punches because it's like. Yeah, she's way more powerful. He's way more powerful. But she wasn't trying to kill them. She wanted to be captured. She wanted to be taken there. And she was. And that's how, you know, she's able to get the apple and just immediately leave and go back to where she she was going to in the first place. Um, And so, yeah, it's like it's a it's a decent little sequence and it doesn't take too long, you know, for them to do it. So I, I I like the way they did it. Um, And now, you know, this is like when the third act starts. Right. And this was one of the things that I thought was really was really stupid, you know, because they the three sisters, they start arguing over what they're going to do with the apple. Now, one of the sisters is, you know, the goddess of all the elements. She can control all of the elements. That's her power. And then the other one, they say uh, she's has the power of axis. Uh, control of axis, whatever. And I don't know what that really means, but I know that she's able to control. I mean, she can shred, brother. Hmm. Axes, yeah. <laughs> the, like, here's what I thought was so stupid about this this scene. So, the third sister, she is the goddess of chaos. That's her title. That's her power. And she's like, you know what I think we should do? We should do something fucking batshit insane. And the <gasps> other two sisters are like, I don't know, I mean, I kind of see where you're coming. I'm like, no, what? <laughs> Who lets the chaos one make the decisions? And like, I, I don't understand. This is this is just, you know, also like the whole time they kept talking about like they want to restore the world, the realm that they had before, like before they the wizard like took it away and destroyed it and all that. 
But it's like, it never, I kind of, and this is where like the Marvel gets into it because when they say stuff like that, they always have some flashback, some whatever that shows you what that world looked like. So this whole entire time, I'm like, you know, when we get into like what actually happens when she plants a seed, it's like, where the whole time is like, well, what was that world before? Like what, you know, cause like if you're letting her control of that, are you assuming that she's going to bring it back to the world before? Because obviously it seems like she didn't. So, like, why did right. you let her do it? Well, that's the thing is they say that in this scene. Like, right, like, like they, again, they, they really spell things out for you in this movie. And in this scene, they do say, like, well, yeah, I mean, if you plant that on Earth, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be monstrous. It's going to be gross. And she's like, yeah, humans are monstrous. Humans are gross. Fuck all. And we should kill them all. And they're like... I mean, I don't know. I just feel like I'm like, this is the point where you fucking lock that bitch up. She's crazy, bro. Like, don't don't let her be involved in this anymore. Essentially, they do decide to not do that. But right when they're deciding to overrule her, you know, two thirds vote overrule the, the crazy one um, is when the uh, the wizard and the kid who were helped out by the uh, Freddy Freddy. Yeah, the wizard and Freddy are helped out by the youngest of the siblings who her name is, is Abby. Oh, God. But Anthea. it's An- Anthea. I was close. Anthea. Anthea. Oh, Thea was in this too? Thea again? That's all I'm doing today. Yeah. That's all I'm doing on this episode. I'm just, pro- just like the movie. My favorite part of the movie was the comedy. I'll let these two handle all the magic and the flooby flooby Gandalf shit. And I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna make some jokes in this bitch. <laughs> hey, Gandalf is mine. That's not David's. Yeah, that's true. Fuck Lord of the I'm Rings. I'm the Lord dude. of the Rings. <laughs> David, they don't get it right who which one of your siblings' nerdy shows is which. I thought Gandalf She's was Lord Harry Potter. I'm, I'm Harry Lord of the Potter. Rings and the Hobbit. So you know, during this this fight scene, uh Freddy gets his powers back again. Um for seemingly a very short amount of time again. And uh, he, uh, Shazam steals the staff from them. Uh, it seems like this is again, just one of these things where they, they are nerfing this, this hero. He has super speed and therefore he was able to steal the staff from her because he ran really fast and ran up beside her and just yanked the staff out of her hand. Cause he also has super strength. And then he tries to throw it to Freddie and the girl just catches it. And she's like, Oh, mine now. And she, you know, intercepts it and you know, She's holding it towards him. And I'm like, okay, just do that again. Don't, aren't you super fast? Like, did that change now? You can't just yank that shit out of her arms again like you just did. Right. Like, I, like, I was like, I don't want to. And that happens like multiple times throughout the rest of the movie. I'm like, aren't you super fast? Like, what is preventing you right now from just yanking? And from- then also on her part, like, as soon as he steals the, the staff, like Helen Mirren's character can just move the staff towards her with her element control. At least she she does that in, in the movie also, a couple of times where she just moves shit to her. The power of the staff, I feel like changes all the time. It's like, so the the oldest sister has it and freaking does so much damage with it, like freaking throws people against the wall and like throws the superheroes against the wall, takes their powers away, whatever. So when he's holding it, he doesn't think to try anything on them. Like, dude, I said this. And they're the, so oh my God. they're so powerful without the I, staff. Like, but they need the staff. 
I'm gonna like mention something about that because I said this in the theater and it was one of the like dumbest parts of the movie. But even to your point in this scene, she yanks, she intercepts the staff and then points it at Shazam and she's like, "I right, for real, chill now." <laughs> I know I've hit multiple of your siblings without any fucking hesitation whatsoever, but for you, the most powerful of all of them, I'm gonna. Ooh, you better, you, you better, better stay right there. Don't move. I'm gonna write a note. I'm gonna write a note to your parents. I'm writing you up. That's enough. Seriously? Three, <laughs> two. two. Oh, boom. Freddy gets the sad. He touches the staff and becomes Shazam. And now they run or what, you know, whatever. So, yeah. It, again, we, we talk about this in so many movies. Dude, it's the staff just, is like hot potato at this point. It literally is. The staff is hot potato in this movie. That's a good uh, uh, comparison. It really is in this movie. Yeah. It's like, and it just feels like whoever. But also the stakes are so low with it. That's true, too. It, it, it feels like the staff is just like. It's it belo- it is in control of whoever the movie has deemed it most convenient to be in control of it. Yeah. Not by who, from a logical perspective, would be most capable of having it and not letting anyone else have it. Like, right. from a logical standpoint, Shazam is the strongest and fastest character in the movie. So it would be reasonable to say he could just yank that shit out of their hands and they just would come up to him and try and pull it out of his hands. And he'd just be like, no. And he just punched them right in the face. You know what I'm saying? But no, they don't do that. They just, it's so weird. It's such a weird, like, power to It's a talking thing. stick, David. It's the talking <laughs> stick, yeah. <laughs> so, what ends up having, so they have this dragon in the movie, which they mentioned really early on. And then, you know, they show. I actually really love the design of this dragon. Um, yeah, it looks badass. Yeah, it's, it's made awesome. of wood. Um, but at the same time, it also kind of felt like it was like ripping off uh, Godzilla in a way because it has like the charging, like the blue charging in the middle and then like shoots out of his mouth. I have another issue with the, with the dragon. We'll get to it here in a second. But basically, the most important thing to know about the dragon is the dragon has a power where he can emit, he can force an individual to in, emit fear from every, you know, orifice in their body or whatever it is. I forget what the phrase that she uses. but like, Yeah, it's the same power that social situations have on me. <laughs> yeah, it just make you feel un- unbelievable amounts of fear. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Um, the chaos character, uh, she actually has this ability where she can whisper into people's ears and, and make them do things and like control their brains or whatever. Um, and you know, she does it to Freddy and he's able to resist her powers. And it's like, just one of the, like, it has the worst, like they, she, they show this multiple times and then, uh, it, it's the worst line in the entire movie, I think is actually when, um, she's a, she, and it's fucking brutal this happens way earlier on i forgot to mention this because uh, th- i totally forgot about it until just now when they're on the roof and it's uh freddie's character talking to the youngest sibling and, and thea um they and then the sisters come the principal of the school or one of the teachers of the school comes up to the roof of the school and he's like hey what's going on here and then the chaos character is like don't worry I won't touch him. That's the worst line in the whole movie because we're like, oh, we get it. You're going to whisper into his ear and make him do something bad. And then she whispers into his ear and then he starts to walk off of the building. And the whole time, tell me if you guys were thinking this, the whole time I was like, oh, and then Shazam saves him. Yeah. And it shows up. No, he just walks off and the next thing he hears. Yeah, she forces uh, him to commit suicide. And she's like, Ugh, man, I forgot how easily humans pop like a grape. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus fucking There wrong. comes in the DC dark shit. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. There's there's a couple of flashes in this movie that are very like that, like very violent. You know, there's some impaling that happens in this movie, shit like that, where out of nowhere, it's like, oh, damn. But yeah, that like there's a lot. Again, it's a superhero movie. There's a lot of dumb shit in this movie, but 
Um, here, here's some of the issues I have with this with this final act. So they go. So the chaos character steals the uh, the seed, which also looks like an apple, and she takes it to Philadelphia, it and then she's going to go. It's and, a golden apple. It's a golden apple, and she's going to go plant it at uh, you know the Phillies. Uh, you know, stadium. She said, this is a perfect garden or something like that. Yeah. I was like, I'm like Philly. you know nothing about earth, but yeah. you just know that all the humans on earth are shitty, but you know nothing about earth. That line would have hit a lot better if it was at Madison square garden. Yeah. They were in New York. Like I, I mentioned this to Daniel too. I said, why the fuck does Superman get to be from metropolis? And then Batman is in a city called Gotham. And then this character is in fucking Philadelphia. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? That's, that's some bull. Even fucking, uh, Goddamn Wonder Woman is an Amazonian actually, from the no. <laughs> If you think about their characters, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give give your gripes. What grinds your gears about this? Here's third what act. grinds my gears about this third act. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna tell it like I'm this. Okay. I'm just, I could just imagine a campfire with that voice okay. just crackling. I, I think all of the worst parts of the movie happen in this third act. Um, first thing is that this is supposed to be the big action sequence, and they have a bunch of monster characters. And they decide to continue to have most of what were supposed to be the superheroes in the movie have their powers taken away from them and they're just kids. So Freddy gets his powers back and then he gets them taken away from him again within like five fucking seconds of having them back on Earth. And, you know, so it's like, okay, these these like kids are like less interesting than the superheroes are. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I get it. It's like, okay, well, now we have less CGI to do and we have, you know what I'm saying? I get that <laughs> part of it. Like, hey, I let's think save the youngest money. one is better. Non superhero, <laughs> and then uh, I, I said this to both of you guys because this is one of the things I, I, I thought was so stupid. So, there's a moment where the eldest sibling is flying with the apple in her hand while the chaos lady is chasing her on her dragon, and the chaos lady is chasing her on this dragon with the staff in her hand, and somehow from a thousand yards away. On a dragon flying through the air, through the clouds, she just boop, perfectly hits the, the the sister right in her fucking chest with the with the the staff. I'm like, okay, this is some fucking 360 head no scope headshot fucking level of trick shottery. Like, how is she so fucking accurate with this thing? And catches the apple. You're like, I've watched enough Harry Potter. No, it's not that easy to catch a little I tiny saw, apple flying on a big dragon. That's what I'm saying. I've seen enough freaking. I played enough video games to know that that's a fucking hard shot to hit. You know, what I'm it's just there's so many things that I was just like, that was so. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? But it, 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 again, it's just like it it services the plot. That's all it's there so, for. Well, that's why I'm so fucking confused. So here's the next part that, that bothers me. The you know, chaos character ends up killing, or at least we think killing, the oldest, you know, character. And then the youngest character is actually seemingly the most powerful character because she it seems like she can control all of matter in the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she can just create buildings and put herself wherever she wants and in uh, a, a space or whatever and other people as well and so it's like there's just this moment where she's like oh you like being a human so much well then you should become one of them and she in the chaos character is about to hit the uh, anthena with the bolt and then anthena puts herself just somewhere else entirely behind a bunch of skyscrapers whatever and then the bolt still just reaches her and gets her I was like, wait, weren't they on top of a skyscraper a minute ago and didn't you show earlier that this thing only shoots in a straight line and then now you're like make on the ground sense. behind the thing and the bolt is still chasing you and you still got hit by it. I don't. This is another reason why it doesn't make sense because she already did that once. She did that once where she tried to strike uh, the guy 
or the uh, Freddy, and then like Anthena changes everything and saves Freddy and go somewhere else and it didn't find him then and then yeah. oh now that she did it again oh it found her magically and and here's what's even worse about this consistency here's what's even worse about this even worse they show that the staff in this scene in this shot in this moment we're told the staff can remove a god's powers that is what it was made for and here's proof that it does that and then later Shazam gets the staff and he's like the only way to stop the bad guy it's to blow this thing up. Yes. I can't use it on the bad guy who's only able to do what she does because she has powers. I thought that this entire I was time. like, you could have solved this like yeah. that. You want to talk about not staff, having the yeah. wisdom of Solomon. I'm like, you know you can defeat all of your foes in one second with this fucking staff. Why have you not done it yet? As soon as you Because he that, doesn't have the wisdom of Solomon. Sol- because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, and it was, I want to say, was it, Solomon. So, so yeah, it's just like, like when you show the power of this staff and then no one else uses it for its full capabilities, it's a little bit frustrating. You know, it, 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 again, it's just like, it feels like when a character has a gun in a movie and they just like hesitate or whatever. And, but whatever. So, the other thing that happens, which again is very similar to what we were talking about earlier with them holding the staff at the guy, is the fucking dragon character. The dragon character comes into this scene where where now, you know, Freddy and Anthena are there and Anthena is now just a regular mortal. And for whatever reason, the sister is just still obsessed with killing her sister, even though she's already turned her mortal mortal. So it's like, what's the point of what you're doing anyways? So she's like, no, no, no I need to go kill her, too. So she goes there with her dragon. And she's like, hey, dragon kill these two people and the dragon starts doing the fear thing and during the scene is like what what danielle was talking about where freddie is just like he overcomes it he you know he be, he built different he's built different <laughs> he powers through it and they're like but he only fights it enough to go be sitting next to anthena I, you know saying, to get her out of it i guess yeah sure whatever and the dragon just white slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly walks up to them just continuing to do his fear attack even though his master has already said kill them kill these kids kill them make them dead murder them <laughs> in their lives and he's like i'm working on it i'm working on it here's my fears i'm doing my fear thing <laughs> And then it gets closer and closer. Can we, can we just do the fear like thing? Like he's first? been asleep for a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and right when he's about, oh, he's about to, he's about to eat them now. Oh, he's got his mouth open. Oh, boom! Shazam! Shazam shows up and he saves them. Oh my god! Let's also remember that there is the the dragon has two different things. So he has yes. that weird like hot breath. My breath stinks. You're afraid of it. Okay. You're afraid of my hot breath. <laughs> okay. This big like I attack, ate some yeah. Takis and garlic like <sighs> yeah, I'd be scared know? too. I'd be scared too. Believe so, that. He has that, and that's like the fear thing. But he also has fire breathing that is able to kill gods. It's so <laughs> right. powerful. So when she says kill them, right. he's like, Which is- ah, kill yourself. Which is awesome. He's like, I've been flying all day. Yeah. I've been flying a lot, you know. Ah, kill yourself. Which, yeah, again, it's like they Fresh say- out, fresh out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, 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 I can't do this right now. But a yeah, little bit you, later, I will literally have unlimited nonstop fire breath. So it's like, <laughs> uh, this just, is so embarrassing. I just did this last week. I, it was, <laughs> <sighs> hold on. I'm a, 
Is it hot here, by the way? I'm sweating. I swear this never happens to this, me. This <laughs> never happens. <laughs> like an impotence joke? Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear. Um, I can do the I can do the, the fire thing like, for you. Is that right? <laughs> so anyways, that, that happens. That was so lame. But yeah, Danielle is right. He does have a second attack. He has the magic fire breath. And like she said... It literally, like they say, like Shazam gets hit by it and he actually catches on fire and it like damages his suit. And I'm like, oh, okay, he can be damaged by this thing because it's, you know, it's from the gods and, you know, his power comes from them. So from that's the fine. But in case you were confused at all, the character also has to say out loud, yes, this is magic fire. The magic fire can damage you. And that is why this can do that to you. And what you're going to do is. <laughs> David's pet peeve. Don't say things that we know by just watching. <laughs> literally, literally. It's called show, don't tell. And that is my motivation, and that is my backstory to why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Exactly. So mm-hmm. that's why we made fun of it. Yeah. And so you yeah, I hear that drop a lot. But hey, guess what? That drop is prevalent in a lot of movies we watch because they keep doing this bullshit, and we made fun of it. Go watch Brock Shadow. I'm not gonna tell y'all again. Yeah, Room 103. <laughs> Just kidding. I absolutely will tell y'all again over and over. <laughs> Channel Room 103. It's still on YouTube. Go watch Brock Shadow if you want to know how we feel about almost every action movie. That's right. All right. The video we put the most amount of effort into that has like the lowest amount of views. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, you know, those those were my gripes. So then this movie comes to this conclusion where, you know, Shazam realizes that the staff will absorb all of the power. And if you absorb, and they said it's like a, a battery for magic. So he's like, oh, if it absorbs too much magic, it'll explode. And so he asked the wizards, like, if, if that thing explodes, is that enough to kill the bad guy and the dragon? And he's like, yeah, it's enough to kill this entire fucking city. <laughs> it's, a, it's an atomic fucking bomb. Yes, it would do that. Thank you. And then he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's like, all right. Um, so what does he do? Oh, conveniently, the other girl that we saw die earlier didn't die. And he goes to Helen Mirren's character. Yeah, his spare. Also, hold on, weird. hold on. When we get into this, because we didn't really say how she died. So the oldest one dies because the freaking dragon stabs her from the back through the heart, through the front. Then he comes around and he's like, oh, let me electrocute slash kind of like, you know, AED, you know, shock yeah. your heart that doesn't exist. He stabbed her through the heart. That thing is gone. What did yeah, you it's just stab a hole back in her to chest life? Now. Exactly. I, don't, I don't get it either, but at the same time, it's, it's not the only resurrection to happen in the movie, so... That oh, yeah, because, I, I get, mean, the wizard was yeah. dust last time. I don't, I don't get any of it. You know, Hespera is still alive, and conveniently, she lowers the dome, you know... Uh, magic force field that's been around Philadelphia in the whole movie. She lowers it all the way down to where it's just at the stadium. And after, you know, um, after Shazam lures the bad girl to, to them. And so, yeah, he, he, it is what happens is what you expect to happen. Even in this major fight scene, even in this major fight scene, you still have two of my biggest complaints about this movie. You have one very little fighting them just floating in the air, staring at each other. And then (laughs) it's the hesitation thing. I have the staff right here. Don't you want this? I'm going to slowly float up into the air while you have your dragon right there. And I'm going to slowly float up. And then you're going to stand there and you're going to hover. And we're going to look at each other menacingly. And then we're going to attack each other. And then we're going to stop. And we're going to slowly reach a point where you look at each other. I'm going to attack each other. Now, it doesn't make sense that both of them are hesitating at the same time. But his whole point of that was to try and get her to attack first so he can get power into that to absorb 
that. Right. To which charge is, it up or whatever. Yeah, which is fine. I, and I get that. But yeah, it's just like she hesitates, he hesitates. And again, in this scene, the dragon literally has unlimited levels of magic, of, of magic, like fire breath. Like comically, comically, because he doesn't do this to the kids earlier after being specifically told to kill them. But he like shoots fire at the the force field. And I swear it was just like three straight minutes of this dragon just like <laughs> nonstop breathing fire at the force field. Like, I swear it's going to break anytime soon. You know, it's mm. just like, okay, well, he really can just do that whenever he wants. It must um, have been behind the scenes. She must have been like, I told you to kill those people. What were you doing? He's like, I'll do better. <laughs> yeah, she says, don't ever fucking embarrass me like that again. He's like, I won't, I won't, I won't. <laughs> but yeah, and so it, 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 and then the, you know, Shazam punches the dragon, I think, twice. There's, yep. your, there's your fighting. There's your superhero fighting the big bad at the very end of the movie in the major final fight scene. The Shazam hits the dragon twice. He punches them once in the face and then an uppercut and that's it. It's very comic book-esque, you know, just mm-hmm. one, two, ha. <laughs> right. It's kind of lame. It was, it was anticlimactic. And then, of course, he, he stabs her. It blows up. Everyone's freaking out because, you know, now the, the force field's going down because all the, the gods are dying. You know, yeah. And so and then all the family comes together. Now, the other thing about this third act that we have, I haven't talked about yet. This happens before the final climax scene was the thing I actually liked about this whole thing. I actually didn't mind the unicorn thing. Me either. I love that adaptation of the unicorn. It's so cool. It was kind of funny. Is Is it funny to me when they did the Skittles thing? I was like, I don't know why I thought that like. I don't know. Okay, so basically the the youngest girls like uh who was apparently very freaking smart too. Uh she was just saying like which we kind of skipped over this, but whenever they she planted the tree, you know, like they said it was, it's not in the natural state of where it's supposed to be, so it just brings about all chaos and all these monsters and ghouls and yeah. goblins Myth- and blah, 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 blah. so it's like cyclopses it's like greek greek mythological monsters yeah minotaurs like and all the ones that you see in the lord of the rings <laughs> all these freaking goblins and such and then they come and uh she's like oh let's ask the wizard and ask the pin like hey what are these uh monsters afraid of and then he's like unicorns and she's like because she has this big obsession about unicorns and like, like unicorns don't exist. And like looking at all the shit that they didn't think existed and like, OK, maybe they exist. And he's like, yeah, they're like, but they're not like fluffy and pink and all that. Like your unicorns here, they're like really like scary and they like attack humans and the king of beasts. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they're like, OK, well, what do they like? They like dark, grungy cave-like places and then like this weird, I don't even remember what's called. Ambrosia, I think. Ambrosia, whatever that is. They're like, oh, well, they like ambrosia, whatever. She's like, I have a plan. So then they go and try and find these unicorns and they just happen to know on this random weird street where this cave is gonna be. And then they're, the unicorns are coming and then she's like, here, the Skittles taste the rainbow. (laughs) Like, and I don't know why in my head I was thinking, watch them eat the skills and then they just turn all like white and like rainbow hair yeah, come out. I kind of <laughs> thought that was, I thought though, I thought like the bit was going to be that in the cave, they're dark and scary, 
but that when they came out of the cave, they were going to be all bright and pink and stuff like that. So it's like, I thought that they were going to go that way with it, but no, they are like all black and have like red eyes. They're like really scary looking or whatever. Um, but yeah. And then, so like, this is just like, like Daniel said, I think in the theater, like, you know, like talk about product placement. Cause like, yeah, it's just like, she just gives them Skittles. Yeah. And at least it was done in a comedic way. You know, I, I can always appreciate that. Now, David said, he was over here making fun of it earlier, and he was like, oh, yeah, because it's so funny when kids do something inappropriate they're not supposed to do. But what was one of the funniest freaking lines? <laughs> yeah, they uh, the unicorns, uh, they, they start riding them in a big brigade, scaring off all of the ghouls and cyclops and goblins. And they come roaring down the street, and she's on the back of the unicorn, and she's, as they're charging, she's like, taste the rainbow, motherfucker. And then it cuts. <laughs> right. The reason that does work so well is because they because did they build. Cut. They cut, first of all. Second of all, they built that character to be very innocent. This whole movie, she's like, she doesn't, you know. They yeah, talk, she's talking about one of the she girls getting drunk. Yeah, she doesn't know like, anything about her getting drunk. So she she believes the little fake excuse that he says, whatever. But yeah, so it's just like, it was very actually unexpected. Um, and... You know, done in a it was just done in a well a, a good way. Yeah, like that that part of this third act I thought was the best part of the third act because I liked what they did with the unicorns. I thought you know, like we said, like the humor was the best part in this movie, and that was probably the most humorous part. After you know, Billy fights the 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 last person. You know, they go and they find him and they start crying and weeping because Billy is dead. And I swear to God, guys, not for a single second was I did I feel any ounce of emotion because I in my head I was like there is absolutely zero percent chance that he is dead forever yeah yeah Same. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's just so obvious it's like they really try and drag this thing out to really make you think that Billy is dead but and they even try and make it seem like oh in the next movies Freddy's gonna be the permanent you know thing because he's been you know the good-hearted character throughout the movie and even the goddess said that he was a good-hearted character and blah blah you know what I'm saying it's like they try and like like you know misdirect you in that way but then it's like, it's like, no, he's, it's like, and I'll tell you how I know it's because I know that the guy who plays Shazam is more likely to be on contract to do more of these movies. It's actually more likely that all of the other characters don't get their powers back and right. that those actors don't come back to the series right. um, than the other way around. So, but also like, I, I guess there, I don't think they spent enough time with the whole family dynamic of it other than the two like Freddie and uh, Billy for us to be like, have that emotional of like, Oh, they really like had a great family bond. And like, they really bonded over the years. And like, because a lot of the time, even like in the beginning of all this, like they're all fighting and like trying to figure out like, why are we all splitting up and doing our own thing and like not agreeing on what we should be doing and all that. So, you know what I mean? Like we didn't have a whole lot of like them actually bonding and like being feeling more like a family for us to be sad when he died, which is, so he, quote unquote, dies. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they have a little funeral for him in the in the goddess, you know, place, whatever. And then they're like, well, the staff would work if there were any gods left, but there aren't any because those were the last ones and we killed them. And then when, you know, who shows up for, I think, I think they probably spent what uh, fifty million dollars on this twelve minute cameo because <laughs> uh, they really actually they couldn't afford it. Uh, Gal Gadot shows up. She it's it's Wonder Woman and they play her Woman. little theme song and Another she grabs really the staff and she turns it on and she brings woman. him back to life. And it's like okay, you know it's going to be incorporated into the 
you know, something with her and the Justice League, maybe. Who knows? And then Daniel said, <laughs> you don't remember what he said. I don't remember. I don't know what I said. Daniel um, said, where the fuck has she been this entire oh, time? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I was like, oh, so she shows up when, after he dies? She could have helped out at any point. Um, yeah, and as soon as I, will say that, I was that, like, okay, yeah, Batman, Superman, <laughs> like literally. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, the Flash, they're all just somewhere. They're too um, good for Philly. They're, they're too they good for anywhere. Philly, I guess. So. so they're like, they're like, hey, is it affecting anywhere else? No, all right, I don't give a shit. Fuck that. Yeah, she's like, I'm vegan. Cheesesteaks are gross. I uh, uh, I do think that the that the big cameo reveal like actually worked pretty well for me because they showed only the neck down and from the back when she's in the movie earlier. Um, in his dream, and I was like, "Oh, well, duh," because they can't afford to get her. Like, so I right. literally, well, yeah, I was just like, "Oh, yeah," but so oh, when she doesn't she, have time for the Shazam. Movie. Yeah, all that stuff. So when she actually showed up, I was like, "Oh, damn, that was kind of a misdirect. Like, that was actually a good cameo." Yeah, um, but yeah, I was just like, "This is stupid." Hey, at least they played her now. song appropriately. But yeah, that's that's been Shazam for you guys. Uh, this movie was a superhero movie. It follows, you know, the, the hero's journey almost to a T. There's not as much action and fighting as you would expect, you know, from a superhero perspective. And I also don't think that there's enough, you know, clear cut, like development and character as you would want from just a general, you know, drama. Um, there were a lot of moments that I really loved. And I think that, you know, if you were to look at it certain ways, you could really get a lot out of it. Um, but you know, surface level it's, it's all right. My favorite part of this movie, I mean, I can't, we, you know, we already kind of talked about it. I, I do think it's the, the humor. Um, and then my least favorite part of this movie is, I mean, again, I feel like, I feel like I beat it over. Like, like I got talked about it so much, but it's just like the power differentials at different times was my biggest complaint. Like I just could not get over why at certain times, certain people or certain things or certain whatever were extremely powerful and extremely useful. And at other times they just weren't. Yeah. I do think that my favorite part is just like how I do like when you have something different instead of, like you said, following the trend of every other, like, even if it's in the same universe or the same universe. <laughs> it's uh, I did like that. It was different than like uh, the other DC movies or whatever. So that humor does play into it. Same as like, the first Guardian of the Galaxy for Marvel. Um, least favorite, um, the freaking wizard, bro. Nobody gave him as much shit as they should have because this fool just found a random ass fucking kid and gave him these powers and said, "Bye bye, I'm dust." <laughs> like, and then he's like, "You ruined everything, you idiot." You didn't tell him a single fucking thing of what he was supposed to do or any <laughs> history other than these weird like sentences that he didn't understand. Just hold it and say my name. Hold it and say my name. And like uh, my the sisters are waiting for you. My the thrones are waiting. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, so what did you think he was gonna do? Like, he's like supposed to just figure it out, find some books to read or something. Like. But he doesn't take no fault whatsoever. He's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, Yeah, my uh, favorite part of the movie was the humor. And my least favorite part of the movie was the fact that it's a two-plus-hour movie. And they chose the most boring part of the um, lore and story and all this stuff to as the majority of what's in the movie. Um, all things considered, I would feel I feel like I would give this movie probably like a four point eight to five out of ten. Yeah, I, I this movie I, I think I'm gonna go with a solid four out of ten. And even like 
even subcategorizing it as a superhero movie, I'd still probably only put it out of five out of ten. Uh, personally, I still feel like I don't necessarily watch enough movies to rate a movie. So uh, I'm a question mark out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So now we're going to go into the second half of the pod where we are going to go online, look at some of the trivia about the movie, read what other people are saying about it, and see if it changes our minds. And we will be right back. And welcome back to part two of the pod. Um, I found a couple of things on the IMDb. Um, I think Daniel was on the Reddit. And then Danielle... Does not do homework. Does not do homework. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah. She's like, I'm not rating the movie. I'm not, I'm not rating the movie. I'm not reading shit. <laughs> <fucking guys." laughs> she makes the rules. I love it. The Listen, The m- most of the trivia for this movie is just based around the fact that the movie was announced as soon as Shazam 2, you know, like two weeks after Shazam uh, 1 came out. You know, they announced this movie and then like all of the COVID shit that happened that ended up pushing the movie. So um, that's the majority of it. But one of the things that they mentioned that I didn't even think about was that, you know, they have this line that's all over the trailer. It's like, you know, whatever about him. He's like, I've watched every Fast and Furious movie. And I didn't even realize that he's talking to Helen Mirren who is in the Fast and Furious movies. Like she, she plays a character and she's actually like in some of the like more recent ones. And it's probably going to be in it. Like the, you know, future of the, the movies. Um, yeah. Uh, and the only other thing that I wanted to bring up, so this is something that again, I don't know because I don't, I don't really, you know, I'm not as invested in DC as, as, as Marvel, but, um, these, uh, villains in this movie were like put into this universe just for this movie. Like these characters don't exist in the comics. There's no, um, like comic series with with these villains, so I thought that was really interesting. It's like okay, yeah, like you, I get like why you would want to do something like that. If you're a real big fan of DC, maybe you might be frustrated with something like that. But um, no, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. I was like okay, yeah, you guys kind of went your own way with it and did something you know new and original. And I think that for um, a film fan, like you know, I, I appreciate that. All right, Daniel, what do you got for us? All right, so I'm going to start with the most interesting. Um kind of thing I found. Um, someone mentioned, I, I found it funny how each person's Shazam had a Shazam actor, and then it's just Grace in a Shazam suit because she already looks too old for the role. And someone said, mm-hmm. wait, was it that way in the first movie? Because I kept thinking that her second actor looked way younger than the rest before realizing that she doesn't actually change. Someone says, nope, in the first movie, they actually had a different actress that played her Shazam self. I kind of feel bad for her. Someone then said, well, she ended up being a Nazi, which got her fired, so don't apologize. Wait, what? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, because the next comment is, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then the next comment after that is saying, "This, there." okay, just to make a little clarity here, there's a lot of comments after another. The actress who played the older version of Grace. In which the, is the eldest sibling, eldest in, the, sibling in the movies. In the first movie was not in this movie. It was just Grace playing both roles. And I thought it was because she turned 18, so therefore she was an adult now, so her mm-hmm. Shazam self would just look like her. Yeah, but apparently it's because she's a, a psycho. Uh, so again, someone says, wait, what? She was a Nazi. Someone said, uh, she openly supported January 6th and was removed from uh, Fury of the Gods shortly after. 
Uh, someone said, source, I'm very curious. And then they in- linked her Instagram, which I kind of scammed, and she's a fucking nutcase um, who has a bunch of pro-January 6th and uh, specific pro-some-of-the-January 6th people posts on her Instagram. Uh, and someone said that the director had dodged the question when asked why she wasn't coming back, um, which now makes sense. And then someone kind of commented on her Instagram and said, that is the weirdest Instagram account I've ever seen. Either she is schizophrenic or she just reposts every trending thing that she sees because there's tons of stuff before and after the January 6th post that support Black Lives Matter, gay rights, wearing a mask, etc. But it doesn't seem like it would be the kind of person who would be pro-insurrection. Um, so anyways, she just seems like a nutcase, apparently. Um, so kind of interesting why you know, she was in the movie. Uh, and then before we move on, I do want to say most of the comments on this thread are very negative. People did not like this movie. Um, so this is a great comment. Someone said, chat GPT is powered by Steve. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of people said that their theaters were ex- uh, mostly empty. Ours was too. Ours was too. And then the last couple things I wanted to mention, uh, we had brought up how weirdly some parts of this movie were really brutal. Uh, I forgot to bring this one up. Someone said, why did they make the removal of the splinter under his nails so gratuitous? Oh, yeah. The the wizard uh, scrapes the tries to grab the, the staff from the girl's. And they rip it out of him and he scrapes it so that he can get like a little fiber of it. And I knew that that's what he was you know, trying to go for and that they were going to do that. And so when he gets that, he like rips a splinter from all the way underneath his fingernail and pulls it all the way out to use it. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. It was kind of intense. Um, someone said, if you are so tired of Hollywood's parade of boilerplate superhero movies that you would rather watch a two hour Skittles commercial, then this is for you. <laughs> four out of ten. Uh, that's our score. That was our rating ish. Yeah. Some and then the last one I wanted to mention, just because I had a I had a point that I forgot to bring up in the main uh, in the first part of the uh, pod. Uh, someone said it's really bizarre when the lead actor in a movie is by far the weakest part of the movie. The rest of the characters were charming, but anytime Zach Levi appears on stage, on stage, whatever, it gets really difficult to watch. I I personally don't have the biggest issue with uh, the main actor's uh, performance. What I do have kind of an issue with is the fact that he he doesn't match his younger self's character at all. Yeah, yeah. When he's like a the child, other ones he acts, try to act like the kid. Yeah. Whereas he just seems like a quirky adult. He doesn't, and the kid kind of feels more like normal than he does. Yeah, he's yeah, like way more true. shy. He's way like when he's a kid, he's way more shy. He's not as but then all of a sudden when he's the Shazam, he's like like just super I do think too that the animated. kid doesn't seem as ditzy as when he becomes the Yeah, superhero. the kid doesn't seem as also stupid, true. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It just doesn't match. Um whereas, you know, Megan Good like really yeah, committed to but, matching the the kid, you know. And, and I kinda, feel like sorry, being kind of dumb like that, like uh, whenever he's the superhero and like they're making fun of him for, you did not get the wisdom of Solomon. Um, it doesn't even make sense because you know, I mean, a lot of times when you see like the whole foster kid of a of its own, it's been in foster system for so long and like basically has to be on his own. They usually are portrayed to be smarter yeah than more mature the average had to, had to grow more up faster mature. Kind of street smarts yeah. yeah well but yeah I, I do agree with that i feel like the reason why it feels that way is if i had to guess i would assume that zachary levi was uh casted first they casted him first and they expected the kid to be able to emulate the way that he was playing shazam as opposed to him emulating the kid 
Yeah. He is yeah. the star of the movie. He's on the poster. He's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and they would probably sooner set something up where he, some, for whatever reason, has to permanently be Shazam all the time than they would the other way around. Because in this movie, that is the only character who does not lose his powers throughout the whole movie. And he, by the, you know what I'm saying, third act, he has been, you know, the little kid Billy, like five minutes of this movie. Um, but yeah, that for, you know, that's been Shazam. Uh, you know, I, on one hand, I do want to stay away from superhero movies for a while. I feel like we've been doing <laughs> way too many. Um, but at the same time, we are also planning another, uh, ev- event, I guess you could call it. another, another themed, um, series, um, pretty soon. So we'll, we'll be announcing yeah, like that. we did with the Halloween spooktacular. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you want, uh, any information about that, you're going to have to head over to our, our social media. That's going to be at wild dream pod on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on to the pod. It's been way too long, uh, that we've waited to have you on, but this was a good one to have you. And we hope that you come back. Other than that, we will see you guys next time. We'll see you guys next time. Good night. Have fun. Very guys. Very nice. Good night. Good night. Honestly, I would have preferred a, a magic big pin. That that would have been better product placement. Than the scoops. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, fuck Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> Stop.